This is the Dave and Shecky Show. We got this groovy podcast for ya. Reviewing crazy tunes or quoting Twain and Sting and Doom. We'll bring ideas to share like bonus points for extra flair. Cause it's the freaking Dave and Shecky Show. Check your show, we're bringing you this groovy review. We might preview movies, bake some bread, or drink some smoothies. So come on, have way too much caffeine. You roll up some rivers, I'll reference some Raffi. This is the Dave and Checky Show. Hey, housekeeping. Housekeeping, can I help you? This is housekeeping. Do you need me to keep your house? Uh, oh, hi, um... I don't know how you got down the driveway, but no, I don't need any housekeeping. I, uh, I'm not here to, I'm not here to hurt you. Oh. I just, I just want to keep your house. Okay, well, uh, that doesn't sound alarming at all. Uh, I, I just want to re- reinforce that. I'm not here to hurt anybody. just want to help you. Okay, well. Okay, uh, bye-bye. Okay. I'll just watch as you go back up the driveway because you're not keeping the house. That might take a minute. And you're not coming in. Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh huh. I'm trying to get up the driveway. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. See you. I'll just play the the Hulk music as I watch you slowly make your way up our 45 degree angle driveway. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. All right. Welcome, 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 everyone. Welcome to episode 104 of the Middle-Aged Cool Kids Super Terrific Podcast, featuring your pals... Beatrice and Bobby. B and Bobby. We run a boutique. Oh. And we sell things. Do we put birds on things? How did you guess? Okay. That's not your... Dave, you didn't come up with that. Well, I wasn't going there, but I figured, you know, it was going to work. So, uh-huh. we got to you know, Let's do it. Okay. Let's, let's not do it. It's already been done. Uh-huh. Way better than we'll ever <clears throat> be able to do. Can you put... Uh, you know, maybe we just put chickens on it. Put and a, specific, more specific birds. Put a chicken on it. Put a chicken on it, man. Put a hen on it. Our slogan is, come on, man, put a chicken on it. Okay. I don't, I hate our slogan. I hate us. I think, I think Beatrice and Bobby have to part waves and never, ever talk to each other again. Wow, we're, we're red-blooded Americans. Uh, yeah, I don't want to put a chicken on stuff. And I certainly don't want to say, come on, man. Come on, man. You like that, like you. Like you know something that you don't know. Uh huh. No. I know something you don't. Come mm-hmm. on, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, let's move on to the episode. Put a chicken on it. We're not putting a chicken on the episode. Uh, Put a chicken Korea on it. A chick Korea, I see. Uh yeah. Uh-huh. Did, yeah. Okay, did you want to talk about chick Korea? <clears throat> no, I'm a little congested. I'm a little too congested for that. All right, I see. I, I'm just going to chime in. 
Well, okay. We'll talk about chicory on a day when you're less content. Your show, and I'll just sprinkle some stuff in. Oh, okay, great, excellent. Uh, I appreciate that. Here's the first little bit of sprinkle. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I. All right. Uh, this show was going to be a video show, but I had to angle the camera in such a way to hide my double chin that it was the most unnatural looking camera angle you'll ever see. All right, cut that part out. So uh, that is not happening. No, I mean, let's get a doctor and cut that part out. Anyway, uh, if you want to see the angle I'm talking about, you can check out our uh, cooking videos. Uh, I, I often used that same method to try and hide my double chin, and I'm actually don't weigh as much as I did in those videos, but I am years older and I am losing the fight with gravity. So Hey, all right, what is this? What? We're supposed to do a fucking podcast here. All of a sudden, my wife's admitting all her faults. Relax. <laughs> Believe me, I have many that I will not admit to. Well, let me tell you one. What? I love you. Okay. <laughs> man. Okay, man. Whoa, Thanks, man. bro. Okay. Isn't that a movie? I love you, man. I love you, man. Yes, I think so. Yeah, that's where they, uh, it's Paul Rudd and, um. Siegel. Siegel. And they're obsessed with Rush, I think. Well, who wouldn't be? Rush and real estate, I think. That is a good combination. Yeah. Unless it's the kind of Rush I grew up with in the 70s, which was in a little bottle and you sniffed it. What? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What? What? I can tell by your reaction. I'm not serious. I don't understand. Does that people did that? Yeah, I didn't do it, but it was, you know, in the head shops, you could buy these little bottles that were called Rush. Oh, they were? Yeah, you know what they were? No. They were amyl nitrate. You know what that's good for? It's good for relaxing the anus so you can have anal sex. Okay, Dave, you know Other what? Other than that, it gives you a slight head rush and a headache. Okay. You 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 know what? You I'm speak saying, as if you know. Oh, well, no, I'm just oh. saying this is what was available. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's actually very bad for you, and uh, they banned it in 19-something-something. Is the Rush still available? No, that's what I'm saying. I see. That's, that stuff is not available anymore. It was in these little bottles, and it said Rush on it. Right, but is the, when it was something you put up your pooper, no, it you wasn't put it in up the... Your pooper. Oh, you, you did You sniffed it? it, and it would relax oh. your muscles. You didn't know. It was, you would sniff oh. it. <clears throat> it was all, they were also called poppers. See, I thought you popped them up your bunghole. No, that would be a suppository. No, that's not what it was. I had, I had, I had no idea. Okay. You sniffed it, and when you opened the bottle, because you could also, we would also claim to get you a little head brush, like, hi. Uh-huh. Oh, here's the thing. Whippets and rush were the same category in, in the minds of stoners back in that day. Oh, I did whippets and at a bottle. Uh, no, out of balloons, I mean. Yeah, well, so there you go. Whippets were uh, a little healthier, but also bad for you. But amyl nitrate is what rush was. And if you sniff that stuff, it smells like pure chemicals. It was, it was basically like a legal way of like, you know, huffing gases. See, this can I just tell you something? Growing up in Morris County, New Jersey, I was not hip to any of this weird shit. Yeah. Oh, and the weirdest thing about that is it was also used by the gay population for anal sex. That is all, uh, it's all a little odd, honestly. But, uh... I'm glad that you had the... Uh, so strange. 
you had those experiences and I did not. Yeah. And yeah, are you saying you did rush? Uh, no, I didn't do rush. I did whippets. Oh, okay. All right. Excellent. Uh, anyway. Although I oh, guess, boy. you know, I must have smelled it one time because I do know what it smelled like. Right. I smelled it once and I never smelled it again. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're a weird man and I don't want to talk to you right now. Hello. All right. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> today's episode is going to be... <laughs> I hate you. Uh, chuckle, chuckle. What does that mean? I chuckle. Yeah, but you've never, ever said chuckle, chuckle before. <laughs> it's a new thing I'm doing. I don't like a new thing. Chuckle, chuckle. All right. Maybe you shouldn't have done that other thing before <clears throat> you sat down in front of the microphone. Uh, you clear my, uh, clear my head. It might have cleared your head, but it definitely brought a mist into the living room. Mystic. Hey, Mist. Was it? Wasn't that a terrible game that you used to play? Mist. It wasn't terrible. I was terrible. I, I was. Know it was like an ocean sounds in a boat. You, yeah. It was like a first-person puzzle game, and I was awful. Any anything <clears throat> I was able to do on Mist was only because I looked up what I was supposed to do. Like uh. I. I never, I, I honestly never figured out anything for myself on that game. I had no idea, but it was so beautiful to look at, especially at the time. Maybe it was a precursor <laughs> to other things to come, perhaps. I was just awful at it. I'm, I'm not a great, I loved game. I'm just not great at it. So there you go. I'm yeah. always searching for what they call God mode. Do you know what that is? <laughs> I don't. There's like little codes you can put in games and you can, uh, you know, get things sometimes you get unlimited weapons unlimited ammo unlimited uh, health cheating oh yeah cheating but sometimes there's just something called god mode where everything you do is great and no one can kill you and it, it, for someone like me it's it's amazing someone should make a movie called god mode i would uh i'm gonna say they probably already did anyway god damn them. today's episode is all about Weird and wonderful news. Well, that's open to debate. <laughs> okay. Are you ready for story number one? Yes, please. <clears throat> Giant hairball tears through teen's stomach requiring surgery. Wait, see, are we trying to figure out if this is real or not? No. It's th real. It's real. <laughs> Where did this occur? What, what country was this? The teen was diagnosed with an extremely <clears throat> rare condition called Rapunzel Syndrome. Somewhere in India. A teen in the UK. The UK of India. Who compulsively ate her own hair. Oh, man. Ended up developing a massive hairball in her stomach that tore a hole through her stomach wall, according to a new report. That sounds insane. The oval-shaped hairball was 19 inches long. Yuck. And completely filled her stomach. Also, according to the report. You're not supposed to eat hair. The 17-year-old initially went to the hospital after she fainted twice, bruising her face and scalp during the falls. Doctors wanted to rule out a head injury, but during an exam... They also noticed a mass in the girl's upper abdomen. 
The teen said she had experienced intermittent abdominal pain for the past five months, which had worsened over the two weeks prior to her hospital visit. At what point did she admit that she ate her hair? She also had a history of two mental health disorders. One including hair eating. Trichotillomania, or a strong urge to pull out one's hair, and the related condition, trichophagia, or the compulsive eating of hair. Yuck. Uh, a CAT scan revealed a grossly distended stomach with a large mass inside <clears throat> and a tear in the stomach wall, according to the study's authors from Queen's Medical Center in Nottingham, England. That's just unacceptable. The teen was diagnosed with Rapunzel syndrome in which a hairball in the stomach known medically as a trichobezoar extends into the intestine. That's as they say, a repugnant. <laughs> she underwent surgery and doctors removed the hairball, which was so large it formed a cast of the entire stomach. And they use that to make another one of her that doesn't do this. Uh. What do they do with that? What do you mean? I don't know. Are they putting that on display? In the museum of what not to do? Uh. The stomach cast? They are not saying. They use that for fire? For kindling? I, I don't. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, yes, it's in Ripley's Believe It or Not, maybe in uh, Key West. No, I don't know. But Yuck. that's 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 pretty awful all around. That's I mean, terrible. it's a terrible for her. Yeah, she's going to do it again. You think so? Why would she stop now? She just got she just got her stomach cleared out. She's like, I've room for a whole new meal. Oh, Jesus. In 2017, a 16-year-old girl, also from England died from Rapunzel syndrome after a hairball in her stomach caused a fatal infection. I have to be honest, I never even thought anybody ate their hair. Like, I could see maybe people pulling it out, but maybe not to the degree they're talking about here. Like, I'll constantly, like, run my fingers through my hair and a hair will come out and I'll just, like, throw it away. I'll never stop and think, geez, this is a snack. Yeah. There must be, there's got to be some sort of weird gene of hair eating that they can isolate. Like, for something like that, I'm all for <clears throat> DNA stuff. I mean, that's awful. That must be terrible for her parents as well. DNA STY. Nasty. I see. Well, that's terrible. I don't mean to make fun of the person. Yeah, but that's. Oh, just you not, totally do, Dave. You make fun of everyone. Acceptable. Okay. Uh, that was the weird. That was not wonderful. Can we that agree was, about that? That was definitely weird. Are and you yawning during the show again? That was terrible. <laughs> <sighs> uh, I don't like you sometimes. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Buffalo Bill's house from Silence of the Lambs. All right. Becoming a bed and breakfast. 
How would you like to stay at the house featured in the movie Silence of the Lambs? The new owners of Buffalo Bill's house in Periopolis are turning it into a bed and breakfast. And you could win a chance to be the very first brave soul to stay there. It's a killer contest for a two-night <laughs> stay for two. And what the owners describe as a, quote, boutique accommodation and cinematic destination when it opens sometime later this year. Well, isn't that a made-up story? It's, it's a made-up story, but it's uh, still he was Buffalo Bill's house from Silence of the Lambs. Well, what do you mean? They, they shot it in a real house, not in a Hollywood set? That's true. Oh. It had gone up for sale recently, and I guess someone bought it. It's in, it's in Pennsylvania. Did you know that? I have no clue about anything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you could quote me on that. All right. Well, it was, uh, it was, the house was up for sale recently. And someone bought it, and uh, they are making it into a bed and breakfast. They should make it into a, a bed and go away nest. Chris Rowan, Chris Rowan, what did I say? Did I say Rowan? Uh, something like that, or Raw Rowland. Okay, you're not even listening to me. I did not say Rowland. Chris... Said something about Henry Rowlands. <laughs> yeah, I did not. Uh, Chris Rowan, a cinephile who purchased the Periopolis house. All right, let me tell you something. Okay. You study your whole life and go to film school just to grow up to be called a cinephile? I don't... That sounds dirty. I don't know that he studied to go to film school. Where did it say that? Well, I'm saying if you're a cinephile... It just means you like movies. Oh, well, then why don't we do... What am I, a, a popcorn file? If you wanted to be one. I like popcorn. I do, too. Are you? But do you feel like you're a connoisseur? Well, what's the difference between a connoisseur and a film cinephile? How about a film file? Okay. Uh, anyway, he purchased the Periopolis house. All right. Now that sounds Greek. And that must be the town. Oh. After it was listed for sale last year, and he said he is filling the house with memorabilia from the Silence of the Lambs. All right. I, I sense nonsense. And doing renovations to make some of the inside match the interior shots that were filmed on a soundstage. Danny's going to put the lotion in the basket. I bet he has his own lotion. Maybe we'll have a little hole outside. Little, For what? A little pit. That was inside, wasn't it? I don't know. Wasn't it in the basement? Maybe, maybe the basement will be a reenactment. Rowan said the renovations include digging a basement to resemble there the one seen in the film, as the actual house does not have a basement at all. Oh, Jesus. Will be a boutique accommodation, so you will be able to book Buffalo Bill's house for a stay overnight. He's hoping to have the house ready for guests within the next few months to take advantage of the 30th anniversary of the movie and the release of CBS's new spin-off series, Clarice. Well, it takes all different kinds of people. This kind of person is not my kind of person. He is, uh, he had some money. He purchased a house and he's trying to make an opportunity for himself. I find that he's a young go-getter. All right, well, if Zach Baggins can do it, he can do it. Zach Baggins, uh, I think he bought his haunted house, filmed a documentary, and then I think he, like, tore the house down. Doesn't he have, live in a museum full of all kinds of terrible shit? Does he, is that his house as well? I 
thought so. Maybe. Yeah, he's got like a, a haunted museum or something in Vegas. That's, I think, a very popular <clears throat> tourist destination. He's like a modern-day Vincent Price. He kind of is, but there's also this this thing where there's some place in the museum where people go in and they just they faint sometimes. Like he's so, got footage from, you know, his security cameras of people fainting in the same room. I forget which room it is. Yeah. Interesting, eh? That sounds deviant. Everything sounds deviant to you. I don't trust Mr. Bacon's. You don't? No. Why is that? I don't know. All right. Well, this was another weird story. I got to be honest. It's a weird and wonderful, but uh, I think it's all weird. Uh. I think I've got only weird stories. All right. Well. You're right with that? Yeah, that's fine. All right. It happens. Uh-huh. Uh. So, you know those silver monoliths that they were finding in places? Oh, uh, yeah, I do. You do, right? Oh, uh, yeah. So. One was in Utah or it was Arizona. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. And people were just, like, taking selfies <clears throat> with them and stuff. Yep, yep. And then one popped up in uh, England. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, one, just one popped up in the Congo. Oh, uh, yeah. That was not a monolith. What? Is that a monolith? Are you just happy to see me? Okay. ka boom a silver monolith torched in Congo after mysterious appearance. So the people in the Congo, uh, they weren't all about taking selfies with this monolith. Instead, they destroyed it. <laughs> they might be onto some. The latest in a series of mystery monoliths to capture the imagination of science fiction fans around the world met a fiery end in the Democratic Republic of Congo on Wednesday when it was torched at a roundabout in the capital. Mm -hmm. The 12-foot metallic structure first appeared in Kinshasa's Bandal Bandal? neighborhood over the weekend on Sunday morning. On Wednesday morning, a crowd of curious onlookers snapped selfies and debated its possible origins. Videos posted on social media later in the day showed residents destroying the structure with sticks and then setting it on fire. Uh, Similar alien-looking pillars were spotted in a Utah desert in the United States in November, and then in Romania and Turkey, sparking conspiracy theories and comparisons to the monoliths in Kubrick's A Space Odyssey. In the movie, an alien monolith is a recurring symbol that appears to play a role in human evolution. Well... We woke up and saw this metallic triangle, said Sergei Ifulu, a local resident. We were surprised because it is a triangle that we often see in documentaries about Freemasons or Illuminati. Ah. So, I guess the Congolese are hip to the Illuminati. Who knew? Well, let me tell you something. In that case, why not burn it? They did. They said, fuck it. We think this is no good. We don't know how it got here. We don't want it here. You know. Here's what I want to know. Yep. I don't know. How do you burn metal? Uh, I don't know. It looks like they punched holes in it and they set it on fire. I mean, there's pictures here. It is burning somehow. So maybe the interior 
frame is wood or something? But they burned it. Now, they burned it, and someone else... Wait, now, didn't someone else do something, and then they... Yeah, wasn't there something involving something religious? Or <laughs> someone claimed it was anti... It was sacrilegious or something? Is this another thing? Uh... Not this event, but another event with the monoliths. Oh, I don't know. I think they attacked the monolith with crosses and destroyed it. No, they they destroyed the monolith and then put up a cross because and blessed the spot or something. Saying oh, that did was, they? Good for them. Yeah, but the town, the town said they were like white supremacists and that uh, they had destroyed someone's piece of art. I'm just saying, different people have different responses to it for different reasons. But the Utah monolith, it's so odd because they they looked back and it had been there for like five or six years. Hmm. No one had discovered it in person? Nope. It had been there uh, on the Google Maps, I guess. Hmm. I mean, someone might have walked by it and just been like, oh, that's interesting. I guess that's there. Yeah, I, right. Someone it. official might have walked by and said, what the fuck is this? Or other people might have just said, huh, and they didn't report it. Yeah. I mean, it's not, not necessarily seen for the first time if it's been there for five years. I mean, Banksy could have put it there for a long time. Whoever put it there is some fucking free spirit goddamn burning man weirdo. Oh, you think so? Yeah, it was some kind of, you know, artwork. One of those guys who makes, you know, artwork out of old tin. Recycled tin. Twine yeah, but tin. it's... I don't think so. I think it is art. I think it was an art project or something. It's a Burning Man guy. But no, but uh, well, I don't know. Like it could be. It could be, but apparently, uh, somewhere, some somehow, you can buy your own monolith for forty five thousand dollars. Hey, I can do that for four forty five hundred. Yeah. I could make it. But I don't. I mean, I don't. All right, four fifty. Okay. Do I hear 45? All right. Let me $5 and I'll bring you a monolith. I promise. It doesn't look too hard to do. They got those in Times Square, like souvenir shops. Are you ready for the next? Yeah. Did you want to talk more about that? What, monoliths? Yeah. Yeah. Let me talk about the time when I had a monolith. You had a monolith? <laughs> okay. Let's go. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway. You had a monolith. <laughs> Well, what do you want me to say? I don't know. How, very, am I so I'm not supposed to sounds, play along with that you? That sounded very natural. That was good. <laughs> I, I don't know. You're like a female you, Howard Stern. You may have had, you may have had a monolith. I don't know. Really? You have a lot of secrets. I don't fucking know. Who who? Who who? Uh, magicians mark the hundred year anniversary of sawing people in half. It's the gory trick that has audiences gasping in shock and awe. The illusion of sawing someone in half is no less sensational now than when it was first performed by magician P.T. Selbit in London a century ago. It took off very quickly because of that visceral danger element, I think, apart from anything else. Unless someone fainted in the audience, they didn't consider it a good performance. Um, uh, you know, so it, it had that element about it. And, and I think the, the public taste at that stage, because it was just after the end of the First World War, there was a feeling of 
of, of fixing people as well, you know, that this is someone being subjected to this, you know, horrific thing, but they were, they were all right at the end of it. Ah. Is this weird or wonderful? It's somewhere in there, yeah, huh? this is just quirky. All right, that's is that weird. in there? Yeah. A uh, hundred years ago... Uh, well, let me ask you this. Okay. Out of all those people that have been sewn in, sewn in half... Yes? How many of them have been men? Uh, maybe the box is too big for a man. Nah, I don't think so. I mean, are there female magicians who oh, have... I mean, that's what I'm saying. Nowadays, you got women playing drums. You got women guitar players. Where are the women sawing men in half musicians? I got to be honest. I think there are always women playing drums and women playing guitar. Not like there are now. And let me tell you something. I ain't never seen a man sawing in half. Okay. Well, well. I've seen a bunch of women sawing in half. Let's put it out there. Perhaps if uh, if someone's listening who's been sawed in half and you're a gentleman, let us know. All right. Uh, it's a very the, creepy, uh, creepy thing, isn't it? Magicians or well, no, yeah, but no, saw, the sawing in half bit. Whoever thought that was a good idea? Well, Who even thinks of such a thing? I was about to tell you. The Freemasonry. Illusionist P.T. Selbit. Yeah, Selbit, a crazy, crazy dude. Put a woman in a box on the stage of London's Finsbury Park Empire and <laughs> sawed right through the wood. Creating a magical classic. Yeah, I wonder how he came about that. This took off and became the most influential and the most famous illusion, in my opinion, that there's ever been. Who is this person? They just love being seeing people sawing in half. P.T. Selbit or the guy who uh, said that? The guy who said it. Uh, I'm after him now. Said magician and historian Mike Caveney. All right, Mike Caveney. Caveney? I came in to you. Cavini. Oh, maybe it's Cavini. Mike Cavini. Now, that's a good old boy. I don't know. Seriously. Yes? I just happened upon that, but I I, I can't think of one man ever sawn in half. Is that that how you say it? Sawn? Sawed? Sawed in half. Sawed? Sawed in half. I sawed some wood today. Good for you. Uh... Hey, you're on fire today. Did I tell you that? I think you're just high. Whoa. I'm just being my my normal, boring self. Holy cow. And you're just, uh, <clears throat> you're in an altered state. All right, but seriously. <laughs> but seriously. So, uh, I have, I have never seen it. I am sure there are women magicians. Do you want me to Google it? Uh, no, but when you say women magicians, somehow I think of heavy metal music. Like someone look, looking like uh, one of the Wilson sisters in a top hat. Yes. Fucking with music blaring, and she's got a tiger here, and, and she's sawing a dude in half over here, and something Barracuda. like that. Exactly. I see. All right. Well, that's probably an LA or not an LA, uh, Las Vegas thing. All right. All right. So, uh, in the original version, the saw went through, the box was opened, and the person emerged unharmed. Has anybody ever been harmed? Down the years, magicians developed refinements with two halves pulled apart. Celebrity magician David Copperfield came up with his own version, The Death Saw, where he was the one tied down. 
There you oh, go. No. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. All I had to do was read a couple more sentences we in. We got a masochist in the house. Well, you've got a man who's been sawed in half. Yeah. Come to my island and tie me down and saw me in half. All right. Uh, sometimes. All right. Well, now I aren't I the fool. I, I, this is not the make or break point for that, but listen to this. I, I saw the magic show when I was a kid. Sometimes he actually got injured. Copperfield said in an interview filmed for that, the, that, that. Uh, and he loved it for this uh, online event that they had surrounding this anniversary I got cut a few times by the blade because the blade was a little bit off yeah that's what happens when you put blade in the, in the hand of an amateur you know stages are different every theater you have the London based magic circle organization will host the celebration. Oh, this is a I think this is like a month or so old, but Well that's insanity. Or a couple weeks anyway. There you go. So he turned it around. Boom. He turned it around. He's a revolutionary. He really is. And good for him, I guess. Yeah. What else you got? I've got got no end to weird and wonderful stories. What else you got? That was interesting. Donut-loving poles cram in calories as Fat Thursday lifts pandemic gloom. I don't think I understand the first part of that statement. I guess Polish people in Poland love donuts. For many, the sweet ritual on Fat Thursday turns into a challenge of endurance. Even before dawn, long queues begin to crop up next to baker's shops. How long have you been queuing? Since 7am. Soft, airy, with chocolate or sugar coating and jam filling. This bakery has been making donuts for over 90 years. To satisfy the demand on the morning of Fat Thursday, they have to work through the night. And everything is made by hand. Oh, donut-loving poles, you said. Yes. Ah, that's a sentence I always expected to hear. And you know what else I kind of dig? That they have something called Fat Thursday. (laughs) I'm down to celebrate Fat Thursday every Thursday. I would also be happy to shove some uh, donuts down my gullet on a Fat Thursday. What? That sounds unhealthy. Yeah, but so... Uh, After some lean months during the COVID-19 pandemic, Fat Thursday finally brought some cheer to Polish confectioners as their sweet-toothed customers feasted on donuts. Yeah. On the last Thursday before Lent, the period when Christians traditionally fast before Easter, Poles stuffed their faces with donuts in a festival of calorific indulgence. That seems like a good week to go to Poland for vacation. Well, you eat donuts on Thursday and then you fast for the rest? I mean, it's like it's almost like Fat Tuesday, right? It's just it's Fat Thursday. That's crazy, man. Poles will consume almost 100 million donuts worth up to 250 million... Uh, oh, I don't know this. I'm sorry if I offend anybody. Zlotties? Zlotis? Zlotis? It's their their money. Uh, 250 million of their money equals 67 million dollars. So, that's just in that one day. 
just on Fat Thursday. That's a lot of donuts. Do they have Dunkin' Donuts in Poland? I don't know. Maybe they don't need Dunkin' Donuts. Maybe they have their own donuts. Do they eat pierogies in Poland? Or just Polish people have them in America? Oh, I don't know. Oh my God, people just, on the average, people eat two and a half per person. Every Thursday? No, no, Fat Thursday. Once a year? The, th- the Thursday before Lent. All right. Yes. That's fair enough. You know what I'm saying? It's like Mardi Gras. You know how Mardi Gras is this big, big party? Yeah. Because Lent happens the next day. That's right. So this is, they're, they're doing this thing, I guess it's the Thursday even before Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras. Where they have this, this big donut festival, and I am, I am there for it. I would love to go to Poland and eat, <laughs> eat donuts on Fat Thursday. Oh, man, I think it would probably be one of the best things ever. I never heard of that. I didn't either. That's why I thought it was weird and or wonderful. But I, I got to say, it's, it's wonderful because I do love a donut. We haven't had donuts in a long time. We kind of gave up the sugar. Mushika. But sh- I mean, donuts are fried and there's sugar. So I mean, there are, it's a double it's a double dose of, of artery <clears throat> clogging. Bad. What? That's very bad for you. But they're so tasty. There's... Well, if you have donuts once a year, I think you're okay. When I was younger, uh, I would just eat the shit out of donuts. I would get the large coffee and like a thing of donuts and go home and just wallow. It's it's definitely it's one of those foods that will make you feel good the instant you're eating it. But I guess it's almost like drugs, right? As you're eating it, you feel good, but when Some you're say it is a drug. When you when you when you have that dozen box open before you and, and nothing's left in it and you're all alone. You know you know what a disappointment is? <laughs> <clears throat> An empty Dunkin' Donuts box? No, yeah, yeah, but the munchkins. Why are they disappointed? I don't know. They just never added up to what they should be. Uh I don't why don't you you don't like them? I don't know. They always seem stale or something. Oh, well, maybe they did get a little staler because they were smaller. I don't know. I don't know. I was always down for some munchkins, too. I'm not going to lie. I'll take my donut in any shape you'd like to give it to me. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. For another story. What do you got? This is really weird. This is from the Daily Star. And I was a little dubious at first. Wait, that's her look? Uh... No, that is not. Okay. Bizarre CIA documents from 1984 suggest very large people were seen on Mars. Okay, so... Very large people were seen on Mars. Well, we hadn't been to Mars, right? So this thing links this CIA document, which is, 
you can go to CIA.gov and I will link it in the show notes. It's this nine-page PDF where the CIA has... I don't know if they hired or interviewed or I don't know what what the circumstances are, but they are in a room with a remote viewer. You know what that is? Mm, two-way mirror? <laughs> the answer would have been no. Uh, two, <laughs> do you know what mirror? that is? No, I do not. The remote... A remote viewer is a person, it's almost like a, they go into a trance and they can see stuff happening in other places, in other times. And, you know, they have been part of governments for a long time, like used in World War II. You know, say uh, Johnny Smith is a remote viewer. He's like a a psychic almost. And they say, well, what... What are they doing behind enemy lines in Germany right now? Is it now a safe time to send our people in? And this person would, you know, go into his trance and and see what he could see. And it's a real thing. It's a real thing. I never heard of it, man. You never heard of remote viewing? Sure, it's not a toy mirror. You know, (laughs) as bad as you want it to be, that's not what it is. That's just called a two-way mirror. Things may appear closer than they seem. Uh-huh. Uh, you have not watched or listened to uh, enough Art Bell, is my my guess with you. No. So anyway, so in 1984, the government had this remote viewer in a trance in a room, and they were directing him or her. They do not say. Uh, a remote viewer? Uh-huh. Now and now, so... You sure that George Bush didn't rape rape people? What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, you know, they get him in a trance. They have sex with him. And David Icke tells a story. Okay. First of all, when you tell me the remote viewers exist, and then I'm supposed to just say, "Oh, well, then how do I know they're not lizard people?" Okay. So I'm telling you that they exist. The but said what she I'm not was sa- raped over and over again by George Bush. Oh, that now, lady? Why would she lie about such a thing? Is she out of her mind? Or is it I true? believe that lady's name was Kathy O'Brien. Hey, well, Kathy, you got a lot of explaining to do. Uh, I don't know what. I don't know. I don't know why you're bringing this up. This has nothing to do with my weird and wonderful story. As outlandish as a remote viewer Uh uh, being uh, used by the government, Mm -hmm. it would put people in under under in in into trance. Uh Why wouldn't they have sex with them? Well, anyway, the next thing you tell me that Bill Cosby was involved. Okay, we need to concentrate. Have any. Smoky, smoky time before Whoa, the no, show. I'm, I'm on to something here. I'm just saying. <laughs> I know, but if that's possible, yeah, but then you, the other shit's possible. Okay, but see, this is the thing: is that you, you, you jumped into the middle of a conversation, and no one knows what you're saying, and all of a sudden you're accusing people of raping people, and then it slowly comes out what you're talking about. It's it's outlandish. That's the how you do it. You got to. It's, it's like not, a thumbnail. Okay. You got to grab people. We don't need to clickbait with rape. Dave. Omg. Uh-huh. That kind of thing. Okay. Anyway, this person... That's a good bumper sticker. Uh, Don't clickbait with rape. All right. Ladies. Yeah, something like that. Uh-huh. No, actually, that doesn't work. 
Jesus. I'm cutting this me. all out. I'm cutting it all out. You can't do it. You can't you can't do that. What? Don't click pig with rape. This is why we can't have a live show. Oh jeez. Because you are you are you are you can't filter. You have no filter sometimes. All right. Take it from here. <laughs> Take it from me. Uh so this government person is talking to this remote viewer and giving them coordinates for a spot on Mars. So this is like this is a real thing that happened. This isn't like some crazy person wrote a letter to the president and said, "Hey, I'm a remote viewer and this is what I saw." This is a government sanctioned thing in an office where this person is asking specific questions about Mars and uh, different locations and guides this person to go from location to location and then to go back in time in those locations until they see beings. The monitor then asks the analyst to look around for any activity. I'm seeing it's like a perception of a shadow of people, very tall, it's only a shadow. It's as if they were there and they're not there anymore. The analyst attempts to go further back to see these people, but complains of what is only described as static. I just keep seeing very large people. They appear thin and tall, but they're very large, wearing some kind of strange clothes. So they talk about their storms and that there's uh, buildings, but they're not buildings like ours. And uh, this person who's, I guess, kind of guiding this remote viewer gets them to a point where they see these huge, tall beings, like really tall people, or not people, whatever they are. And um, they're all together in this area, and they're dying. He continues, they're ancient people. They're dying. It's past their time or age. They're very philosophic about it. They're just looking for a way to survive, and they just can't. 40 minutes pass, and the transcript resumes. Can't seem to get their way out. They can't seem to find their way out. So they're hanging on while they look or wait for something to return or something coming with the answer. When pressed on who might return, he continues. Evidently, it was a group or a party of them that went to find a new place to live. Something had happened to their planet, and they had skedaddled on out and went to Mars, but... Mars wasn't, I guess, exactly perfect for them, so they were slowly dying there, hoping that someone would come and bring them to yet another spot. So, uh, it's nine pages. It reads very fast. I will also link this in the show notes because it is insane. It's insane. It's insane! Sometimes, like you'll see, it'll say in parentheses, 37 minutes later. Like, this person wasn't just sitting there and rapidly firing off these answers. Sometimes there'd be long stretches of nothing in between the time that the uh, moderator asked them a question or, or directed them to do something. It was a long, you know, 37 minutes of nothing of this person in a trance just in their mind, walking around on Mars looking for stuff. It's really fascinating. This is on, this. it is 
from the CIA.gov. It is something that they have declassified. Isn't that crazy? I don't know what to make of that. Yeah, like when I first saw the story, I was like, oh, this is one of those, you know, Bat Boy or something, one of those types of Inquirer. It wasn't even the Inquirer who would do that. One of those other magazines. I was like, okay, this isn't real. And then they literally have a link to the real document. And I was like, holy shit. This is insanity. I'd have to see it. I, I can't understand how this would just be minor news. That, well, it was news enough to be on this this uh, this newspaper, this site, the Daily Star. It made it to their site, but I don't know where else it made it to. What is that site? Uh, what is this site? Brit, some English english thing it might even be an english tabloid paper but be that as it may they did link to the uh they did link to the cia stuff so i was able to find it that's insanity yeah let me see if it's anywhere else slate talked about it in 2017 so it's been talked about a few times i just i never i never heard about it uh, above top secret of course they're going to be have their finger on the pulse of that I don't see it as a news too much I just I just think it's really interesting and they're you know there's so much weird like the MK Ultra stuff mm-hmm. people for years didn't think that was true and then eventually it came out yeah it's true you know it's, it's all this crazy shit so to have something like this in the CIA files, it's just, I just, I was fascinated by that. I was fascinated by that. All right, I that, have. That stuff still goes on? The remote viewer? The, you know what? I, I think there is so much shit going on that we'll never be allowed to know about. I, I'm I'm sure somewhere there are remote viewers somewhere working for uh, the deep state or the shadow government or whatever you might want to call it. Are you ready for the next feel-good story? I think you'll like this one. Okay. Is it the Fat Thursday? It's not Fat Thursday. That's the one I liked. Well, I, I, I really like the idea of a Fat Thursday. <clears throat> All right, here we go. Four strangers, all named Paul O'Sullivan, form a band despite living in different cities around the world. Have you ever met someone with the same exact name as you? Paul O'Sullivan has. So one night, I was just kind of indiscriminately adding Paul O'Sullivan's on Facebook, and a good amount of them accepted my friend request, and eventually their stuff started showing up in my you know, my newsfeed, and I'm like, wait a minute, we're all musicians. You know, it kind of felt like the universe was like daring me to, to do something with this serendipitous, you know, scenario. Yeah. <clears throat> I like that. Baltimore Paul reached out to musical Paul O'Sullivan's around the world. Eventually, three Pauls agreed to form a musical group with him, aptly named the Paul O'Sullivan Band. 
Manchester Paul is on bass, Pennsylvania Paul is on percussion, and Baltimore Paul and Rotterdam Paul are on guitar and vocals. Are you ready to listen to the Paul O'Sullivan Band? Yes. met them in person. I've only talked to them online, um, but if I ever had the chance to meet them, let alone perform the song, um, that would be a dream come true. So, Yeah, don't meet your heroes. Don't meet your heroes and don't meet your other Paul O'Sullivans. That band should be called the Paul O'Sullivans. Not the Paul O'Sullivan band. Just be called the Paul O'Sullivans. Okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll let them know. Or Paul O'Sullivan and the Paul O'Sullivans. Or just Paul O. And then he could be on Ron and Fez's show. <laughs> Shepard the Bob. The Paul O. I'm mad as hell. And I'm not gonna be great if you got him in the band, the band. It would be the, good. I think he's done some music he's yes he's but he's not really his last name is Sullivan but they just let him in anyway the Paulo oh fuck that's funny um how I miss the old old the olden days of of Ron and Fez uh so I think that's it for all my weird and wonderful stories Huh. Did you want more? Sure, I can take more. Oh, you know what? I have this. All right. Somebody asked me to have you. Uh, huh? Are you? Why are you yawning? I don't know. It's past my bedtime. Right. It's seven forty-one. I know. All right. So I'm saying. Someone asked me to have you mm-hmm. react to this movie trailer. Okay. Are we ready? Yes. Let's do it. Here we go. All right. The world is in shock as a group of terrorists has taken control of large areas of Syria and Iraq. The world can be a cruel and dangerous place. Even if you're afraid, be strong. Your loving mother, Fatima. Did your mother ever tell you the story of the Lady of Heaven? She was very special. Daughter to the Prophet Muhammad. 
My time is near. And afterwards, my lovely Fatima, you will face many trials. With my father no longer here to lead us, evil is with those who will extinguish the light of truth. You're gonna let a woman tell us what to do. We will burn her out! will judge all of you. This world has uh, since Academy Award. Shadow will be cast across many generations to come. It said some people are so full of faith. They give strength to everyone around them. The greatest thing in this life and the hereafter is the spreading of peace in the world. Lady Fatima's goodness inspired people to stand up, no matter what the cost. Her legacy lives on. Is that a true story? Uh, I don't know what that is. Uh, that seemed intense. It seems like a really large-scale movie. That's what I said. It seems like an Academy Award now. Uh, well, it would be candidate. a foreign. I think it would be foreign film. Is it? I don't think it's a. Let's see. We shall. Look. You know what? I went to the Lady of Heaven website and right away it says Lawrence of Arabia means Game of Thrones and honestly I was thinking this is like epically large like a Lawrence of Arabia type of thing mm -hmm. I, I just it, it's if you watch the trailer you will see that it's quite uh, it seems like quite an epic undertaking there seems to be a lot of people going on people involved Where, what is it is it English? It says two stories separated by 1400 years after his losing his mother in the midst of a war-torn country an Iraqi child learns the importance and power of patience by discovering the historical story of Lady Fatima and her suffering. Fatima. It's a UK. It says country of origin UK. I'm okay. You're UK. Well, that seemed very, uh, very mammoth, very heavy. It, so, it certainly did. It seems, it seemed like it was beautifully shot from what I could tell. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know Somebody really to, wanted you to react to it. I, it's a little intense. I'd have to, I'd really have to watch the movie. It looks amazing. I said I would try to get it as part of our podcast, so... I have done it. I'm sure they wanted a visual. Well, it seems like a huge, huge uh, project there. Huge movie, big, big budget. That's what I said. I, you know, it could be an award winner if it's done well. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's hard to tell. I mean, it says the budget was $15 million only. That seems very low. 
very low for something that big looking. You know what I kind of dug though about the trailer that it didn't seem to uh, give everything away. Yeah, I mean maybe it's my <clears throat> yeah it's my not thing. knowing the story so well, but almost every trailer I see, I there's no reason to see the movie. Except for, you know, they might throw a twist in at the end or something or whatever. But I thought that was uh, definitely intense. It was a good word, I'd say. So maybe when it is on available, we can watch it. That sounds good. It didn't look like it's not like a lighthearted popcorn flick. No. And that's usually what I kind of dig. I like to be... uh, when I go to the movies or see a movie, I want to be entertained and whisked away to a better place as opposed to uh, whisked away to a scary place or a uh, tense might, place. This might be a better place at the end, but it might be a long journey. Yeah, I hear you. Excellent. Well, thank you for that uh, suggestion. And uh, I hope that you enjoyed Dave's reaction. Sorry if it was underwhelming. It was just a lot to take in there, you know. Gotta, gotta absorb that. Maybe you see that, you know, that's not just like a song. I gotta... Well, you know, people do react to trailers. People react to everything online, so... I've seen people react to... trailers, of course, songs like you do, and... But then there's, like, all these other, like, uh, life hacks-type videos where people, you know, react to the life hacks... There's people react to everything. People react to reaction videos sometimes, so I think that's cute too. I like reaction videos. I like them. I like. You know, it's funny. I like to. I look for reaction videos to songs that I love, and uh, then I wind up maybe really digging those people and sticking around to see other reactions of theirs, even if it's the songs I don't necessarily care so much about. You don't really watch them, do you? Yeah. Okay. All right, well, this has been episode 104. Uh, Dave does a lot of reactions. I think we're up to 75 or 76 <clears throat> reaction videos uh, from, from Dave on our YouTube channel. So um, if you want to look up uh, Middle-Aged Cool Kids or Dave's Reactions, they will all bring you to the right spot. Or you can go to macpodcast.com, and there is a link to Dave's Reaction videos. We have a radio station online. It's macradio.com. I'd say it's a mix of rock and some funk and some jazz. Uh, It's basically both of our collections put together. Stuff that we have. And I've just uploaded it and it randomly plays. And if you have a band or if you have really anything audio that's, you know, within reason that you would like to see up there, send it. Send it to uh, middleagecoolkids at gmail.com and I will do my best to put it up there on the radio station because uh, why not why not spread the love I've got a station you've got a song let's get together all right 
this has been episode two of Weird and Wonderful, but it was mostly weird and just a little wonderful. <laughs> but that's how it goes sometimes. We will see you next time, America. Take it easy.